When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. It's Mary Kay Cabot, Ashley Bastock, and me. And we are going to make you feel good about the Browns and make you feel bad about the Browns on this podcast because we each throw out one reason why they will make the playoffs and then one reason why they won't make the playoffs as they head into this important stretch of games against Baltimore. So that's coming up on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Now, if you're not a Football Insider subscriber, become one. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page to get a newsletter delivered to your inbox every single day. Access to exclusive stories on Cleveland.com slash Browns, and you can become one of our text subscribers. And one other thing, we're going to be recording our Friday pod on Wednesday night. I'm thinking I'm going to put that on our podcast feeds on Thanksgiving Day before we post it on the site. So if you're not subscribed on Apple Podcasts, if you're not subscribed on Spotify, get subscribed, and then you'll have that thing on Thursday that you can listen to if you're working on Thursday or if you want to get away from your family or whatever. Not that I encourage that, but if you do, you can listen to the Orange Brown Talk podcast, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. Okay, enough from me here in the open. Let's do this. Reasons why the Browns will and won't make the playoffs. Here we go on our Wednesday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast. Each of us coming up with the reason why the Browns will and won't make the playoffs. We're going to, I'm going to get so confused by this. I'm not going to know where we're at because we're going to try and alternate this. So Ashley, you go first. Why do you think the Browns will still make the I'm pinning a lot on one person here, but I do think Kareem Hunt is this important to the offense that he deserves it. I think the fact that Kareem Hunt is expected to be back and he's expected, uh, as from talking to Mary Kay Cabot earlier today, he's expecting he's going to be back this week. He's very hopeful that that could happen against the Ravens. And we've been hammering home on this podcast that these two games against the Ravens are so vitally important. I think he's a safety valve for Baker Mayfield in a lot of ways, which again, we've talked about fairly recently here in the past game. He's so lethal there. Um, And obviously on the ground, he gives you a little bit of a different look, especially in some of those fourth and one, fourth and short situations that they've really been struggling with lately. I think the offense changes drastically with him in it, in there. We haven't seen him in so many weeks now that, uh, you know, I think maybe he might need some, some ramping up once he's actually in there, but I do think he adds so, so much that he's really vitally important for what they're trying to do long-term this season. So Mary Kay, we're recording this on Tuesday. You actually talked to Kareem Hunt today at um, the Feed the Need event at Town Hall. So did you come away from that feeling like Kareem's going to play on Sunday? Yeah, you're here showing us the shirt here on the Zoom. We're in my Feed the Need t-shirt. Um, yes, I came away from my interview with, uh, with Kareem Hunt today, and I really appreciated him taking the time to do that. That was really cool of him. Uh, take a few to take a few minutes out from uh, feeding the needy families that came to town hall today. Uh, but he spent a few minutes with me. Very nice of him. And uh, he sounded really positive about trying to play on Sunday. He made no promises because he has to go out there and practice. But uh, I think that he's going to play on Sunday. He says he feels really good. Uh, he one of his quotes was that, you know, I'm going to bring the fire And uh, I thought that was really cool. And I think he will bring the fire. I do. Uh, He is, in my mind, 
one of the inspirational leaders of this team. I know you guys agree with that. Uh, he, he does. He brings the fire. He brings the juice. He, uh, he straps the team on his back at times, and he'll run through a wall. He'll drag uh, guys with him over the goal line. And um, I think he knows how much Cleveland needs him right now, how much this team needs him, how much Baker needs him. And uh, he's excited and ready to go. And uh, he actually will bring, you know, some fresh legs, even though he's coming off of a calf injury and he's missed five games. I still think there will be sort of an energy about him, uh, which is exactly what this offense needs right now. Yeah, I, I was I was going to say something similar. I think just there's no there's no energy here. There's no like juice. There's nothing like with this offense right now. And I think some of that is like Jarvis is just banged up. You know, yeah. like Jarvis brings some of that, but he's banged up and he's just not Jarvis Landry. And I, he hasn't looked like Jarvis. He hasn't been, you know, I mean, Jarvis is like a walking, you know, please don't get a taunting penalty on this play type of player, but the Browns need that. And they've, they've always kind of fed off of that. And that just hasn't been there with him since he came back from that injury and the Odell situation and, and all of that. And so I really think they need Kareem, just not as a player, but a lot of what you, I mean, kind of what you both touched on. They just need that jolt. They need that guy that's going to show up and like he's going to turn a two-yard run into an eight-yard run and it's going to get everybody going. It's going to get the offensive line going. And then frankly, you know, the the drum you've been beating, Mary Kay, that Ravens pass defense, he's going to make it that much harder on them um, when, when he kind of gets out there and he can cause all these matchup problems. Yeah, and you know, he also, um, there is then that synergy with Nick Chubb, right? I mean, they can use those guys in ways that keep Nick so fresh. Now, the Ravens uh, do have the number two run defense in the NFL right now. They're only, they're only giving up 88 some yards per game on, you know, on the ground. So that's really, really super significant. But, um, but I still think when you have that one-two punch, of Nick and Kareem together. Uh, I think it's going to wake up this offense. I think it's going to really wake up this offense at the time they need it the most. And actually uh, all along, I thought maybe they would rest Kareem until after the bye week but I think uh, he also wants to come back now. He sees how much this offense really needs him. Yeah, it is crazy too. I mean, I pulled up the stats as you guys were, were talking here. And I think this came up on the Hey Mary K pod yesterday that he is, still the fourth leading receiver on this team in terms of receptions. Like, I do think that that is a huge factor for with Baker being banged up right now and him not having a target that he was throwing to that often. I think you really can't understate his importance. Yeah. And I asked him about Baker today too. And, and he did say that uh, he wants to do whatever he possibly can to make things easier on Baker. And I think he will do that. I think it's going to just make a, a tremendous difference. Yeah, I mean, him and Baker have had a really good connection, even going back to like 20 um, when he was first here in 2019 and only played that second half of the year. They kind of hit it off real quick. You could tell even Kareem nodded 100 percent, a little bit out of shape, had the surgery. You, you could tell that Kareem and Baker sort of had a, a nice little connection. OK, so now like, we're alternating these. So Mary Kay, give us your reason the Browns won't make the playoffs. Well, 
the reason why I think that they might not make the playoffs if they don't, I think it will come back to uh, another person that I saw at feed the need today, the person who actually hosted the event with, uh, with his wife, Emily. So Baker Mayfield is uh, if they don't make the playoffs, I think it's going to come back to Baker Mayfield being so banged up this year that he's just not himself. Now, can he become himself again? Uh, maybe he can. But if we look back on the 21-2021 season and we see that it didn't go the way anybody thought it would down the stretch, I think it's going to be because of that. Because look, like you guys have mentioned, Jack Conklin is coming back possibly for this game. Kareem Hunt is coming back possibly for this game. They're pretty healthy heading into this to these two games against the Ravens. They're very important stretch this season. They're pretty darn healthy. But Baker just, I mean, when I, when you look back at that game against Detroit, it was like, what's going on with him, right? I mean, he couldn't hit the ocean from the beach. It was weird. Uh, so I think it would come down to that because, I mean, Nick Chubb is going to be Nick Chubb. He's, he's going to blast through defenses down the stretch for 100 yards here, 100 yards there uh, per game. So He's going to do his thing. I think Kareem's going to do his thing. I think some of the receivers are going to possibly get involved if the ball comes to them, right? I mean, they have to have their opportunities. I think the, uh, I think the tight ends can get involved. Um, the offensive line is going to be as healthy as it's ever been. You just need the quarterback now to do his job. And you don't even need him to be amazing. You just need him to be pretty darn good. You don't need him to be Tom Brady. You just need him to get the ball as much as he can to Nick. I mean, look what Jonathan Taylor's been doing. Why do they even need to pass the ball anymore in the NFL? <laughs> when you've got Nick and, and Kareem, why bother? But uh, no, I think that um, I think it's going to come down to that. I think he needs to be uh, the Baker that he was in the second half of last season, the end of his rookie season. And, uh, and then the, you know, and if he's not, they're not making the playoffs. Yeah, Ashley, I think the key point there was he doesn't have to be perfect. He doesn't have to be, you know, Tom Brady or whoever. He, if he's Cincinnati Baker, that's really good. You know, efficient, yeah. hits a couple deep balls. That Baker is going to win you games and get you to the postseason. Yeah, what is it that Doug likes to say? You know, we know all these things Baker isn't, right? He's not Tom Brady. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Like, we know these things he isn't, but we just need him to be flag-planting Baker, you know? And I do think there is some some truth to that. To that. You know, I think I said on the post-game pod on Sunday that, you know, you, there has to come a point where if he really is this banged up and the stats aren't there, the efficiency's not there, at what point is it no longer helpful for anyone for him to be out there? But some of these things he's dealing with, the contusions, those can heal. I mean, we know, I know Mary Kay's the shoulder expert here, but, you know, torn labrums don't heal without surgery. Obviously, we know that. But some of these other things he might be able to work through a little bit. So, um, obviously, the running backs are very good. You still need Baker to be efficient and get those downfield shots when he can. Obviously, we've talked so much about this lack of vertical plays down the field and it does help when they have those. So I do think, yeah, he just needs to needs to get some of that moxie back that makes Baker Baker, quite honestly, and some of that efficiency back that makes Baker Baker too. Mary Kay, is that sort of what Baker's been trying to do this week? Is he trying to, you know, when he when he talks to us on Zoom on Monday, though, was that Baker kind of trying to get a little bit of that edge back, kind of create that enemy? 
Oh, I think so. Yes. He, he loves to play angry. He loves to play mad and he's going to have to work himself up into a, a good little frenzy for this game in Baltimore. Now, the thing about Baltimore is, you know, they don't have some of the, the mean meanest guys on defense like they, they have in the past. It's not uh, the Baltimore defense that, that we're used to seeing. Uh, you know, they're missing some guys. They're, they're injured. But it still is going to be very physical. It's still going to be an AFC North battle. And, yes, Baker needs to get that chip back on his shoulder. He needs to get mad. And, um, and, and I, think he's, I think he's going to be angry. And he's got plenty of, uh, you know, clips to look at from the, past, uh, from the past week or so of, you know, how this all came down and how this was all responded to. So, um, yeah, I think there probably was a little bit of that, that little snarky Baker. <laughs> it did, it did feel a little bit like, uh, like rookie year Baker, um, a couple times this, this week. Okay. So I get to give a reason why I think they will, we're, we're ganging up on you, Mary Kay. You're going to get to give your positive <laughs> one here next, but, um, a reason why the Browns will make the playoffs. And I'll be honest, we've sort of touched on this a little bit, but I, I think it's the key point. This team can run the football better than anybody in the NFL. They've got maybe the best offensive line. They have almost, it's not even arguable, the best running back tandem in football. And I think the fact that they kind of know who they want to be on offense and they know, like to me, if you can be that team, sort of like you were saying, Mary Kay, with, with, with Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, taking that pressure off Carson Wentz, just knowing who you are and knowing what you have and knowing that when, like when your backs are against the wall, I can turn and hand the ball to 24 or I can put 27 out there and hand the ball to him. I think that's a big reason why they can kind of win some of these games down the stretch that they're going to need to win, especially these division games, just as old school as it is <laughs> old school AFC North, just, they know they can run the football and that, that's sort of their identity. And I think that matters this time of year. It really, really matters this time of year. Absolutely. With the weather games that they're going to be playing in and they're playing four AFC North games out of their final six games. Uh, they're going to be mascot fights, each one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not allowed to say dog fights anymore. If anybody has any other suggestions for me, I'm open to suggestions. But, um, but yeah. Five-star review be... and give Mary, give Mary Casey. <laughs> they're going to be... Uh, they're going to be battles the rest of these games and they do, they have something they can hang their hat on and it's almost fail proof. Now it will be interesting to see if that Baltimore Ravens run defense is as good as it's ranking. It might just be because everybody's like their pass defense is so bad. We're just going to pass the ball on them. We don't, we don't even need to run the ball on these guys. You know, that might be one of the reasons for the, um, the low yardage on the ground against them. But when you've got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt doing what they can do, it, everything flows from there. That's when, you know, that's when Baker gets good. That's when the play action comes back. What they can't do very well. And um, Alex Van Pelt alluded to this last week is that they're not great at passing their way back into a football game, but if they can stay right in the thick of it, they can continue to run the ball and keep it viable. And that's when they're most lethal when they can do that. And I mean, it just, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? I mean, think about the 
45-7 loss in New England. I mean, they didn't have Nick and they didn't have Kareem. You put Nick and Kareem back on the field, voila, the Cleveland Browns are back. So I think you're right on the money there, Dan. But even on that first drive, their best drive of the game, their only good drive of the game, they were, they were running the football with Ernest Johnson. They, they were getting chunk runs with, with him. Yeah. Yes. I mean, it, it's what they do. I mean, uh, you know, all you have to do is now Wyatt Teller, of course, needs to cut down on the penalties, as does everyone else <laughs> yeah. on the team. Uh, he might have been a little too hyped up for that game. But, you know, we're seeing him just put people on their, on their backs all over the place, right? And I mean, Dan, you've been writing a lot about this lately. You know, that's what this team is built to do. Conversely, I also think it's one of the reasons why Baker is a little unhappy right now or a little bit disillusioned with the offense and the way that it all runs. I think he feels like, you know, what what am I, you know, what am I, chopped liver? So, um, but, but that, that's what this team is, is all about right now, especially when Baker is banged up and they need they need to really rely on Nick and Kareem and they will. Yeah, I was going to say there are worse problems in the world and in the NFL world specifically than having to hand the ball off to Nick Chubb. Like a lot of quarterbacks would wish they were that lucky, right? I mean, we saw it again. There weren't many bright spots against the Lions as we talked about clearly. I mean, I think we all had to remind ourselves that they won that game, but Nick Chubb was the bright spot. He is Mr. Consistent. I'm not going to say Mr. Dependable because Kevin Stefanski has decided that's DPJ's nickname, but Nick Chubb is maybe, I think, the most consistent person on this offense right now. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think truly that's that's part of their identity. As soon as they get those key pieces back and accept it, that only helps their chances, I think. So I, I was curious. I wanted to look up, um, based on kind of what you said about the run defense, Mary Kay, um, football outsiders – uh, their DVOA metric has Baltimore sixth against the run. So that indicates that they're still pretty good, that it's not just a matter of teams throwing on them. Now, PFF does have them, they give them their 14th ranked uh, run defense grade. Top half of the league, not quite as good as where they are um, on football outsiders, but very clearly better against the run than, than against the pass. And it's not, it's not just because teams are throwing the ball a lot on them, but you know, you can obviously PFF is seeing something though there though that you might be able to run the ball against this team too. Yeah, and I think they will. I, I think they will be able to. I, you know, like I said, this is not the uh, Baltimore Ravens defense that uh, that we're used to seeing in large part because of of some injuries. But uh, I think the opportunities will be there, and I think the Browns know what's at stake. And I think that uh, I do think that Kareem is going to give that lift to everyone else, and he's going to get. Um, he'll have Nick all fired up. He'll have Baker fired up. I, I think it's going to go a long, long way towards, uh, I actually think they're going to win this game. Oh, you got to save that for the predictions pod though, Mary Kay, planning <laughs> your flag, planning your flag early. Yes. <laughs> I, I could change my mind by then. You never know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ashley, it's time for you and I to go negative. Yes. Why won't the Browns make the playoffs? I think they won't make the playoffs if other opposing offenses follow the Patriots blueprint that they laid down last week. And, you know, we heard John Johnson, the third after this game say it was like the Patriots and Josh McDaniels 
looked at everything the Cleveland defense had been having trouble with this season and just attacked it. Lots of screens, lots of reverses. And then we heard Miles Garrett say on Sunday after the Lions game, the Lions tried to do that. And obviously I think we all know the Lions just aren't good enough to pull it off in the same way that New England did. So I think, you know, we talked about this before after Miles made the comments Miles made after the Patriots game. There's obviously a bit of a question mark about Joe Woods. I think that's fair to say. And the Lions game doesn't really do much to alleviate any of that, even though they did give up 10 points again. You're going up against Tim Boyle, who never really played a game for the Lions before Sunday. So I think if other teams can really kind of follow that blueprint that Josh McDaniels printed up and essentially handed to the rest of the AFC on a silver platter if they want it, then it might be kind of difficult if the Browns wind up, you know, in a tricky tiebreaker situations. So I wondered how the defense was going to come up in this. I don't know. I don't know what you're thinking, Mary Kay. Maybe it's still going to come up as a reason they can make the playoffs. But I was curious how we would discuss the defense on this podcast. And and that was one of the things I was thinking about bringing up is, is this defense the team that gave up 10 to the Lions or gave up 45? Yeah, 45 to the Patriots and, and those quotes that you mentioned, Ashley. I just, I'm still concerned. I still have my concerns about this defense. You know, Jeremiah Usukormo is back, but he hasn't played a lot the last two weeks. And he did re-injure that ankle. Now he's supposed to play on Sunday, but is he, is he going to continue to kind of be on a pitch count and continue to be kind of limited? We'll see. I, I'm very curious to see how this Ravens offense attacks this defense. And, and if it's just screen heavy, reverse heavy, all of that stuff that has just sort of caused this defense trouble throughout the year. Yeah, I mean, this, this is a good one, Ashley. I think you're right. You're making some great, great points here. And I think that the defense, even though it has given up so few points in so many games this season, it has proven to be vulnerable in some areas. Uh, you know, there are some missed tackles. There are some blown assignments. There, you know, there's some, the, some big runs that they're uh, getting gashed for. And, and, you know, I think we've seen some, some holes in the defense. You look out there and you can see kind of, uh, it's pretty easy to see occasionally who is missing the tackle. Uh, and, uh, and so I think there are some, some issues going on right now and they have to get those corrected uh, because Lamar will take advantage of that. Uh, Lamar and Mark Andrews, they could be vulnerable to that. Um, and then you've got there, you know, against the Ravens, you've got uh, some of their receivers are coming on. Rashard Bateman is getting better. Uh, they're rookie. So there are some opportunities for offenses uh, that are coming up. I mean, you know, Joe Mixon's going to be able to run the ball. Uh, obviously they have to play the Packers. Uh, they've got some good offenses still to come. And even, uh, even though we did not think necessarily that, that the Steelers were going to be a force to be reckoned with this season, I think they, they have proved that they are. Um, I, I think that, you know, you have to be a little bit worried about trying to beat those Steelers in that, uh, you know, final game or second, second yeah. last game of the season. Um, you know, Chase Claypool could be back by then. I mean, they've got weapons on that offense that match up pretty well against what the Browns are, have been a little bit vulnerable to. So yeah. And JOK, um, his first game back, he looked a little bit lost. He's knocking off the rust from his injury. He hasn't been the force that they hoped he would be because of a high ankle sprain. 
And so it remains to be seen if he'll be able to catch back up. It's hard for rookies to catch back up uh, when they have a setback like that. So, and then some of the safety play, uh, I think they've been a little bit, bit vulnerable at times. I think that's been a little bit of an issue. So they need to shore up those things as well as uh, the pre-snap penalties and things like that. Yeah, I mean, there are some some bad matchups, I think, for this defense because of the safety issues. And, you know, let, let's see how Cincinnati looks when, I mean, that game is so far away. We'll see how they look when, when we get to that game. But uh, you know, these the safeties have not been good. John Johnson, Ronnie Harrison, Grant Delpit. They haven't made the impact that we all expected. That was what we talked about all offseason is the three safety defense. And that was going to be kind of a linchpin of this thing. And it just, it, it hasn't happened. And, you know, Ronnie was disciplined on, on Sunday. He wasn't even able to start the game for the first time this year. You know, he's been a little bit unreliable. He got thrown out of the first game. So, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know where, where this safety room goes. If they can get better in a hurry or not uh, because, because they're going to need those guys. And one thing I keep thinking about that last Steelers game too, Mary Kay, is it's a Monday night game and it might be, well, it's definitely Big Ben's last game in the regular season in Pittsburgh. I mean, there's going to be so much energy in that building and just so much like if Big Ben can reach deep in any game and pull out a vintage Big Ben performance, it's going to be on Monday night football and what could be his final game at Heinz Field. Especially against the Cleveland Browns, right? right? He always just seems to find a way. He loves to beat the Cleveland Browns in part because this Ohio football team just wanted nothing to do with him in the draft. He might be able to dig deep and find that again. I know it's been a long, long time since then, uh, but he might be able to muster some of that up. You're right. That's going to be, that is going to be one heck of a game. I mean, because this thing could come all the way down to the end, as we know. And, um, and look, they almost went on the road, almost went on the road and beat the Chargers. That was the best they game did, they've played all year. Yeah. And they did not have TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, or Joe Hayden in that game. They did not have their three of their best defenders in that game. And they almost won it. And you're right. Ben is not going to want to go out like that, especially because... I mean, what was the last impression, you know, you have of the Browns going into Pittsburgh, right? They don't, they want to erase that memory of the humiliation and the domination of the Cleveland Browns in that wild card game. They want to get that taste out of their mouths in that, in that game. And I just think their defense is, is good enough that, uh, you know, they, they've been in a lot of games this year and, I mean, I really thought they were going to win that game against the Chargers. Boy, would that would have shaken up everything in, in this division <laughs> right now. But um, yeah, so it's 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 going to be it's going to be interesting down the stretch here. Although, to be fair to the Chargers, that was basically a Steelers home game. There were a lot of terrible, lot you of did, terrible towels. Didn't and, you tweet something to the effect of the Chargers never have home games, or when, <laughs> when because of Baker's comment about the home? <laughs> home crowd yeah. or whatever but or justin herbert heard those comments yeah. and was like come on baker i'm never gonna play a home game in my career <laughs> yeah but uh I, like ben like came off the field at first energy stadium with his arms raised like they had just won yeah. the super bowl uh, when they when they beat the Browns. so i'm that that monday night game 
I'm telling you, whatever state the Pittsburgh Steelers are in by then, it's going to be just multiply the the hype or whatever by 10. I just feel like it's going to be vintage, Ben. Like, regardless, I don't care what kind of shape he's in at that point. Like, he's going to turn back the clock for that game, I think. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Mary Kay, why will the Browns make the playoffs? You know, if they do make the playoffs, I think this is going to be the reason why. Because this is an incredibly talented football team that has basically underachieved most of the season, right? We have not seen the receivers do anything. We haven't seen Baker Mayfield do anything. We haven't seen the defense get any takeaways, right? We thought this defense was going to be uh, intercepting passes and forcing fumbles all season long. So the reason why I think that this football team could make the playoffs or can make the playoffs is the fact that they can just start playing up to their potential. All of a sudden, guys will start doing things that haven't done anything yet, like Jarvis Landry, right? Now, a lot of this has been because of injuries, and I do understand that. But now, all of a sudden, you're getting Jack Conklin back. You're getting Kareem Hunt back. Jarvis Landry is going to start to get healthy. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones is going to get healthy and be back on the field. I mean, just this game alone coming up, if you throw Jack Conklin, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Kareem Hunt onto the field that you didn't have last week, completely different offense. Completely different offense. So I think just in general, everybody kind of living up to what everybody thought they were going to be. John Johnson, three playing like, you know, like everybody expected him to. Grant Delpit, same thing. Uh, you know, just Jadavian Clowney coming through a little bit more now. Uh, Denzel, now Denzel's been playing well, but that's what, it, that's what it is for me. As healthy as they've been, all coming together, putting everything that's happened behind them. And I think it starts in Baltimore Sunday night. I mean, I really think they almost have to win this game in order for the, for this to happen, in order for this to be a go. So this is big. Um, but that's it. That's it for me is everybody just picking it up a notch and playing the way we thought they would play all season long. Yeah. I mean, I think that everyone, no one thought they were going to be six and five at this point in the season. Every time they drop to 500, it's always like we – you know, we are a 500 team, but no one thought we would be here, et cetera. We hear it every time. Um, as Dan likes to say, he picked them to win the Super Bowl. I think Scott Pat's I'll going just go, to just go to the Super Bowl. I, <laughs> at least give me that. At least um, um, Scott Pasco, I think, had the conservative pick at 10 and seven. Like everyone thought they would be better than this. And I think in a lot of ways, they, they have been unlucky with these injuries and, and other things. And players, family members posting videos and causing <laughs> what kind of rifts we don't know. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of room for them to improve, but I also agree with what Mary Kay said here. I think it's a very dire situation if they not only lose on Sunday, but have another like lopsided 45 to seven against the Patriots kind of loss on Sunday um, because Baltimore could just totally derail everything just like that since they essentially have to play them back to back with that buy in between. But um, yeah, I mean, I think if they just hit the benchmark of where we all thought they could be as a unit, then they're in good shape. Yeah, so I'm going to 
piggyback off Mary Kay's and, and throw out the reason, the concern I have as to why they won't make the playoffs because it's, it's sort of, it goes hand in hand, right? Like Mary Kay's, yours is about this team kind of playing up to its potential. Mm-hmm. So with our buddy Freddie Kitchens in the news today, <laughs> and this is not any sort of comment on Kevin Stefanski. I'll, I'll preface this by saying this team could lose out and I still think they have the right guy ahead coaching Kevin Stefanski. But I want to think back to 2019 and I, and I pulled it up here. The Browns were an absolute disaster through nine weeks. And, and listen, there was so much more going on behind the scenes, but I just, this little window, okay, where they won three games in a row in November, they beat Buffalo, they beat Pittsburgh. That was the Miles Garrett game. And then they beat Miami. And it kind of felt like, man, this team's just going to figure it out and back their way into the playoffs. As messy as everything is, they're, they're, they have a soft schedule. You know, like they still had Arizona wasn't, as good that year. They had some teams on their schedule that weren't as good. Uh, Cincinnati was terrible that year. That was the year they won like two games, one of which came against the Browns. But then it kind of fell apart. You know, there was the Pittsburgh started its stuff. There was, and none of that is going to happen again because you don't have Freddie on the sidelines. There's not that like crazy discord behind the scenes that you had then. It's a different situation, but I've, I've kind of just been saying this the last few weeks. And this is the emotions podcast. There's just something wonky with this team. There's just something, it just feels off. And when I look at the schedule and I look at the talent on this team, I can, I can look at it and say, this team can go five and one down the stretch and make the playoffs. But I just, I can't believe that for what there's, there's no like hard football reason for me to not believe that. But I just, based on what I've seen over these last few weeks, based on the vibe even though like we're not in the locker room. So maybe I'm just completely misreading it. I just feel like even if they go to Baltimore and win on Sunday night, it's like, okay, but is it going to be one step forward and two steps back again? This might just be a year where they end up spinning their wheels a little bit. Cause it's just, I'm still not sure that it's not a little bit weird. Yeah. You know what? And we've, we have talked about this. I mean, you're right, Dan, it just has from the whole Odell Beckham jr. Saga to Baker Mayfield walking off the stalking off the field and not talking to the media to Miles Garrett questioning the game plan of and sideline adjustments of his defensive coordinator to what I perceive to be some bubbling under the surface little not on the same page situation going on between uh, Baker and Kevin Stefanski right now uh, it, it's there you're right it's it's palpable you you can feel it. It, there's just something that, um, you know, that just is missing in terms of a team that just feels cohesive and has momentum. And part of that is, I mean, when you lose two of their last three games the way that they have, I mean, well, actually, I keep still thinking that the Detroit Lions game. Was- yeah, they won that game. But th- th- I mean, that's kind of that feeds into this, though, like. Yes, that didn't feel like a win, not just from our perspective, but sitting in that room and listening to those guys and hearing those guys talk, it didn't feel like a win. Yeah, I mean, it it was a what's the opposite of a moral victory? It was an immoral loss. Um, (laughs) um, But anyways, so um, I don't know. I mean, that game to almost lose to a winless Detroit Lions football team with their backup quarterback, it it doesn't sit well. It just doesn't sit right. So 
you know, they're going to have to dig deep to see if they can come up with and pull together the way that, you know, that like my thing is all of a sudden it happens. The light bulb goes off over their head and it all comes together. You're saying that you think of, and I agree with you. I mean, it might not happen. It might not happen at all. And here's the other point about this that I think is vitally important. They don't have a cake schedule the rest of the way. They have a brutal schedule the rest of the way. In fact, it is the toughest schedule uh, of anybody in the NFL in terms of one loss record the rest of the way. So they don't have any gimmies left. That uh, Detroit game was supposed to be their gimme right? Everything else from here on out is going to be a a heck of a battle, but there's still, I don't know what it is. There's still part of me that thinks, you know, the 20, 21 Cleveland Browns that we thought they were going to be, they're going to show up. They're going to wake up and they're going to say, we're here. I don't know. I don't know if it'll happen. Yeah. I mean, I think so much depends for me on this game on Sunday like I mean I could see it spiraling again if I already said this but if they lose this game really badly I think things go off the rails potentially really quickly like in the blink of an eye kind of quickly and I do agree I don't think the vibes if you want to say as the kids are saying I guess I don't think the vibes have felt right in in the time I've been covering them at least it hasn't felt like that team that, you know, I think everyone thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season, but I haven't lost all hope yet that they can't find that kind of like what Mary Kay is saying. But again, I just think I would have a more definitive answer after Sunday and seeing how they fare in Baltimore. Yeah. And so like, and, and last year, right. They figured it out right around this time, but at the same time, they had kind of also figured out how to win a couple of tough games. Like they had the weather game against Houston and a weird game against Philly, ugly game against Jacksonville. And then just boom, they started going. And I almost feel like Baltimore, like I, Baltimore's got real flaws. I don't know if Baltimore is actually a good team or not, but Baltimore has figured out how to win games. And I think that's something that kind of carries over for a team. Like maybe you're playing above your head, but whether it was a little bit of luck against Detroit and a fumble at the wrong time for Kansas city. And you know, whatever it was, this is just a team that has continuously figured out how to win games to the point that they went into Chicago or where was that game, whatever against Chicago, they figured out a way to win when they found out Lamar Jackson wasn't going to be able to play like two days, like the day before. And, and even really that morning of, they figured out a way to win that game. And I just, I don't know. It's really difficult for me to see. We'll see. I mean, like I'm kind of with you, Ashley. Sunday's going to determine it. If they fight hard on Sunday and they win that game, then okay, everything's on the table. But they could also show up and lose 30 to 7. And you know what? I, I think one of the reasons why I think that it does feel a little bit off is because I do think that the two team leaders, the defensive leader in Miles Garrett and the offensive leader, in Baker Mayfield just aren't a hundred percent certain about the whole coaching piece right now that there seems to be uh, you know, that we see that they're, you know, wondering if the schemes are what they need to be. And the bye week was so late in this season, they didn't have an opportunity to break it all down, to have those, you know, heart to heart conversations to make, to, to make those changes. Um, 
So I, you know, but I think that's one of the reasons why it, you know, it might feel a little off is that, you know, the two guys that are leading their respective sides of the ball are having their own concerns about how things are going. And that filters down through the rest of the team. And I wrote this in, in my Baker column about him walking off the other day. You have to, if you are going to pull this thing out, you have to present a united front. You have to exude confidence. You, the team has to follow you. They have to see that you think this can be done and they have to believe it. And he is the reason, that's the reason why they drafted him because he is that leader. He is the Pied Piper that they look at him and they're like, Baker can do it. He's our man, right? You don't want to see somebody, you know, stalking off after a victory and making it seem like we don't have this. No, that guy's got to show you we've got this. So I think that uh, that Baker and Miles need to, they need to set the tone. Those two guys need to show we believe in our coaches. We believe in the defensive coordinator. We believe in the schemes. We believe in the sideline adjustments. And we're going to go out and we're going to get this done. That's how I think it can change. I was going to say, we were ending this on a real downer and then Mary Kay gave us the pep talk to bring it home. So we're, <laughs> we're just going to end it on that, the Mary Kay pep talk. All right, that'll do it for our Wednesday edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Again, a little bit of a weird schedule this week. We won't have one. Well, I was actually thinking I might uh, put the Friday pod up on Thursday for our subscribers, not our insider subscribers, but folks who are subscribed on Apple, Spotify, so if you're working Thanksgiving or whatever, or you just want to get away from your family, listen to the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Maybe we'll get that to the feed a little earlier than we'll, we'll post it on the website. Uh, so make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to your podcast. And of course, make sure you are a Football Insider subscriber. Cleveland.com slash Browns, the blue banner at the top of the page. For Mary Kay and Ashley, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.